Welcome to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast, covering weekly investment news, important financial topics, and expert interviews. We want to help you become more knowledgeable about the financial world around you. This is not an offer to sell you anything, and remember, past performance doesn't indicate future results. Now your hosts, Ty Hansen and Ryan Robertson. Hello, and welcome to the Ty and Rye Finance Guys podcast. I'm back, Ty. I was absent last week. Welcome back, brother. I'm glad you're back. It wasn't the same with just me. Yeah. Well, you know. The people the people the, the people have spoken and they basically said you're okay solo, but you're excellent with Ryan. <laughs> and Ty well, is coming to us from his barn. barn. Mm-hmm. If you welcome hear some horses whinny or some cows moo, just Ty's uh, farm animals. <laughs> Okay, for the record, everybody, we're, we are moving offices. Our, our North Utah office, our Lehigh office, uh, we're moving offices, and um, they're painting slash ripping up flooring, so I wasn't able to have all my stuff, my camcorder and my camcorder, that's not even a thing. My high-def camera and my microphone, all that stuff, don't have any of it. So we're, we're, we're here at my little mini home office, and... I have these beautiful wood slats behind me to yep. just the barn effect. So very primitive. It's very primitive this week. Hey, you know what? We're we're in our roots. We're back to our roots. We're very mm-hmm. you know down to earth. We're gonna just you know shoot it straight. So yep, and that fits right in with we're gonna talk about insurance. I guess somehow that yeah fits. nothing shoots nothing shoots straighter than insurance. So, no, I, I'm actually, I, I'm really glad we're diving into this one because, um, so it's funny because my, my first real true exposure in the financial industry came from more of an insurance, you know, world. Um, my oldest brother, uh, actually sold me a policy when I was like 18, 17 or 18. Perfect. Um, and in fact, it's funny cause I actually still have kind of like a, a different iteration of that same policy, but, um, but insurance is really, it, it's out there. And I think a lot of uh, the quote unquote advisors will sell insurance products. Um, and there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of crap built into there. So I'm glad we're diving into this today. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a lot of mix and matching with it. And uh, a lot of uh, uh, selling you one thing for another purpose when it may not actually fit for that. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, yeah, so we're going to go through just sort of a sort of a heads up. We're going to give a talk about the different types of insurance. And and again, we're talking about life insurance. We're not talking about auto insurance or yeah, no health ins- or health insurance or health or home insurance. Oh, seriously, he- health insurance is like oh my gosh, we could spend 10 different episodes on health insurance and we don't we don't deal in health insurance for exactly that reason. It is the biggest pain in the butt and there's so many crazy moving yeah. pieces. So. so we're talking life. solely only, life. only around life insurance. So the different types, essentially, you know, we were talking earlier, there's two types. There's basically um, term insurance and permanent insurance, right? Describe those types. Both of them. Very straightforward. Term, a finite period of time. Five years, 10 years, 20 years. Term. Permanent, it's the entirety of your... In fact, you know, people will call it whole life, 
for your whole life. Uh, but yeah, permanent is that's that's what it is. You you will have life insurance until the day you die. Yeah. No and, well, and it's an easy as long as you're paying your premiums. Yeah, yeah. And there's you can kind of tell too. I mean, obviously they'll have a term. You know how long it goes, but premiums between the two, what you pay every month for the insurance is definitely significantly different. So you'll kind of know that as well. So let just real quick with term. It's the simplest one. There's not a lot of variations on it. Essentially, what do you get if you got term insurance? Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'll dive in a little bit to like my own my own personal life insurance setup. Um, and, and just like with everything else we talk about, right, there's never like one exact fit for everybody. Right. Yeah, and so it's, right. it's kind of understanding what's the what's the best for each situation. So 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 just because of the way I have mine structured doesn't mean everybody should. Uh, so, so like my, the, the lion's share of my life insurance coverage is through term, right? Um, in fact, and, and I, and I've actually built two, no, I actually have three. So I have three term policies. One is with, with, you know, in our business, right? So if I pass away, it helps, helps you and, and, you know, the if you fall off a cliff, running, right? With your if rock I fall climbing, off a cliff, I get stuck, yep. stuck in an avalanche. You if, get impaled um, by a sharp if, rock at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Right. If if you get sick of me and somehow my brakes get cut, I don't know, right? Something crazy could happen, right? Something could. That that's a term policy. I have um so so I have I so personally though I have two policies that are staggered. Um and all in all in all I have about a, about a million and a quarter, million and a half coverage, right? And we'll talk about that in a second. You know, how much should how much coverage should you have? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I have it staggered for two because those those again and each of mine are twenty year chunks. I have it so that so that they kind of overlap, so that you know eventually one's going to fade away and I'll have less coverage. But the idea with term is again it's it's a lot less. So so basically the you know almost a million dollars of my coverage comes from term, and like the total cost for me for all that term is like twenty five bucks. Right. It's really really crazy cheap again because. You know, I started both those policies when I was, you know, the one policy I started like, um, you know, late twenties, early thirties, and and I've just, you know, I've always been lucky. I've got, I've got good genetics, good health. I run, I do all those things. So, so term's really cheap, right? Term is going to be a lot less expensive because it's a finite period of time. Term can convert. A lot of times they'll have a conversion piece. In fact, part of my, part of my, um, so I've got about an eighty twenty mix. Part of my um, permanent insurance was an old term policy that I ended up converting into um, into a permanent piece. So, so my term is cheap, and the idea with term is like like a, a, a planning, like from a financial planning standpoint, is you start it when you're younger, and then as you slowly build up assets throughout your life, you have enough assets that replace what you needed for term, right? And that's so that's my whole point. Like that's what I'm doing with mine is. I'm slowly building up my net worth while I'm working, right? If I die before I reach, you know, that 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 nest egg for my wife and for my family, then then that then that term will pay out if I die and, and take care of that. So that's that's term. The permanent is going to be a lot more expensive because they're guaranteeing that you'll be covered for the rest of your life. So again, cost is a big difference in timing. That's really what it comes down to. So right, because obviously with term insurance, it may go away before you die. So that's why they're they may they don't have to cover you if that term insurance fades away, right? Whereas with the permanent whole life, it's always there. 
Yeah, like I think I think the two policies I have, like I said, like one I started around 31, 32. It, so so it's a 20 year term. So in early 50s, that's going to go away for me. And, and if I die, say at 55, the insurance piece is going to pay out a lot less to my wife because just yeah, because that term policy is expired. So, yep. And and then obviously the, the cost of any insurance is going to be based on how healthy you are, right? How, what your mortality looks like, because actuaries are smart enough to know, OK, you're this age, you're male or female. This is what your you know occupation is. This is your education. Statistically, this is how likely you are to die. Right. So they they know all that that mortality data. So trying to get a term policy when you're 65 can be really expensive. A term policy when you're 35 is really cheap. So right, and and we should pause just real quickly say there there are a couple of variations on term policies. One could just be a no no medical test, right? It's basically accidental death insurance, uh, which would be cheap. You can still get it for for pretty cheap. And then there would be a different type where you're getting an actual. They draw your blood. They send that in for, you know, uh, some type of medical. And, and you know, again, if you're healthy, you're just going to get better premiums. So there's a couple Here's different Here's the interesting those. thing with that, too. I'm glad you bring that up. That's a good point because um, just for everybody listening, just so you know, like you can go back and, and actually check with whoever does your insurance for who helps you with insurance, right? Um, selfish plug, we do it, too. But a lot of insurance carriers now have, have actually changed their their uh, underwriting standards. And so, like, in fact, the, the policy that we put into place for the business, right, the key man insurance that we put into place, I actually didn't have any medical. Um, because it, basically, it's like, okay, hey, if you're, if you're, I think it's like 60 or, or younger, you know, if you're this age, if you're these things, they actually don't require it. Because medical data is now so centralized that they, they and you know, they, they know based on your credit score, age, where you live, your medical history, they know if you're going to. So like I had, uh, you know, like the highest rating for our key man policy that I have on me for our business. Um, and I didn't do a single thing. And it literally took like a day. Like they called me up and then within 24 hours I was approved. So and, and so, yeah, there's a lot of ways to, to cut those costs. There's ways to make it easier to get underwritten, things like that. So Yeah. So you can you can pay less and get uh, more coverage in a term is generally the idea. So, and then it kind of gets you to the other side of it, which is, okay, now we're talking about these whole life policies where it's permanent. It's going to be for the rest of your life if you keep the premiums up. Now there's a lot more variations in that. Uh, it's a little bit more complex. So, very, I think the big, very crazy. Um, I think the biggest question too when you, when, when you talk about that is why then do permanent? Or what is the advantage? Of doing a permanent policy yeah good 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 point um, thanks ty the yeah nice job dude i'm gonna keep this ball rolling <laughs> um so the idea with so again remember there's there's just a basic pure whole life that's that's it like you know the exact premium day one it's gonna be the premium for the rest of your life obviously the advantage is just knowing that you've got that chunk of change forever right so if you die at 50 or at 99, you're going to get this the same payout no matter what, as long as you make those premiums. It tends to be a little more expensive, right? Because it's like that insurance company is taking a much bigger risk because they know for sure they have to pay out on your policy. They know for sure. Um, so, you know, let's go back in time, uh, late 70s, early 80s. They also kind of tweaked it to make a hybrid of the two. Uh, and that's where we started to see this universal whole life. 
what Universal says is, okay, look, we know that you're going to be less expensive to insure younger, so we're going to make your premium low. But as you get older, that premium is going to go up. Now, the nice thing with it, though, is we know that, okay, so if Ryan's really healthy at, say, age 35, and he starts a, a universal policy, a universal life policy, which, again, is going to be permanent as long as you're paying the insurance premium, uh, if you get cancer at, say, 61, that doesn't affect your premium at all. It won't affect your premium. Your premium will technically still go up, but it's not impacted by any, any health changes. It's only based off of when your policy started and the general escalation data, right? So, so, but, but, and I want to dive into the details of that because this is, this is the part of the insurance world that's really saturated and we'll dive into all the ways that people use life insurance for investing purposes. And it's the least, so dude, I've been in this business for a long time. I feel like, like I know how things work in this business and it is the most confusing using like you get in this like run around turn around like it's crazy how these policies work and what the charges are and so it just gets messy right but again as long as you're funding it right and, and typically people will will have extra money put in there they have a little bit of cash and the idea is that that cash over time will will help pay part of the premium to keep it low so it's subsidizing itself so that's kind of this universal world is is kind of this Mix match of the mismatch of the two to keep premiums somewhat low, but also give you something that's permanent nature. And that's so I have a version of that, right? I have about twenty five percent of my insurance coverage is through indexed universal, right? Meaning there's there's some investing pieces to it behind the scenes that it's growing. So yeah, let's let's just ask about that because I think it's going to get confusing. The idea of permanent insurance is that the insurance lasts forever, but it has a component that you can put more money in above the premium, right? And the amount that is above the premium premium goes where and does what? So it goes into a cash account. And, and that cash account can be invested, right? And they call it a cash value, right? Essentially, if you're looking at a statement, call it cash value. So that's the excess that you have put into it. And there's certain, there's only so much you can put it. You can't put as much as you want into that, right? And call it a modified endowment fund, right? Yeah, you get exactly. Too high. You can technically cram a ton in there. Um, and it, it, yeah, we, it, we call it a MEC, modified endowment contract. It just changes the taxation of it because then what, what the uh, IRS says is, hey, you, you no longer have, you're not doing this for insurance purposes, you're doing it for investing purposes. So the tax, it, the we won't dive into those details, but actually sometimes they're mecking, turning an insurance policy into a mech is actually not a bad thing. It's actually a pretty cool strategy you can do, but, but yeah, you're right. So, so, so there's kind of, there's kind of this, like this window of if I'm putting in so much, I'm building up more cash. The cash is also growing in the markets uh, with, with the hopes that that will pay part of my premium as I get older, when those premiums go up, right. Subsidize. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, they're invested cash value just, can be used to pay for the premium yep. yep and and so and i i don't know if we're ready to dive into it just yet but that's this is the key nugget that i really want to dive into right this is this is the piece of insurance that a lot of people don't get and they're they think oh i've got this cool investment in this life insurance yeah you really 
you do because your money's being invested either in the stock market or in bonds or whatever. But in my opinion, it's like I always want to get an investment as in its purest form, the, the, the least expensive form with the, as few layers as possible. So yes, you're technically investing with that cash value in your life insurance policy, right? It's got the insurance umbrella, but it's got layers to it versus you put money in Robinhood, there are no layers to it, right? And, and just think about it this way. Every time you're adding a layer, an insurance agent, an insurance company, permanent insurance coverage, all these other pieces, that costs you money, right? So, and the other thing too is people get all excited. They're like, oh, I've got 50,000 built into my cash value. This is awesome. I'm gonna pull a bunch of that out. You don't know this, but that might, that cash value, it, you might need all of that to subsidize your increased premiums when you're 65, 70, 80, right? That's the problem is as you get older and those premiums start to go up, guess what? If you don't have the money in there to subsidize, I mean, you're talking, your, your premium might go to three, four or 5,000 a month, right? And now you're like, well, crap, I've put all this money in this thing for 25, 30 years and now it's useless. So this is where, again, yeah, you're using it for investing, but so, and I, I will, I will totally, I'll be straightforward on this podcast. I am going to be very biased in this because I, I do have a very strong opinion about insurance. Insurance is awesome. It's a really fundamental and key tool, but again, all things equal. If I have a dollar to invest, I don't want to put that dollar into a life insurance policy because I'm going to lose. I don't know, let's call it 25 cents of every dollar for insurance purposes versus versus if I go buy the same coverage amount in term and that costs me 10 cents for the dollar and I take my other 90 cents and I go put it in just a regular account, what's growing, what has more, what's going to grow over time the best? More money in the account, right? Exactly. The, the term slash, yes, exactly. Okay, can now, we just, again, real quick, let's take a step back just to make sure that we're clear and understanding what we're talking about. So, because in the idea of the permanent insurance, it's almost like you're, the, the money you're paying for your premium, right? Me, premium being the monthly payment. There's two buckets that that money is going into. One bucket is to go to pay for the actual death benefit that you would get in the event of your death, right? Second bucket that that money goes into is it's going to move into your actual uh, almost like a savings account. It's like a backup savings account, right? Now, that money in that savings account, according to the type of insurance policy you get, could be used for some sort of investment purpose. Okay. So but the point that you're making then is, is, or maybe the mistake that gets made, or the overreaching that gets made is, ooh, it's an investment this is an actual investment strategy. Yep. Right? Yep, exactly. And we both have seen this happen. I remember 15 years ago being pitched on these ideas. Yep. Overfund, exactly. Overfunded, and it becomes this amazing investment tool. Yeah. Uh, well, and here's the thing, too, is, is it does have a lot of similarities to a Roth, right? Because remember, we talk, I talked about Roth last week where 
you put the money in and it can be, you know, reinvested, reinvested, you know, switched around, no taxation, no taxation, yada, 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 right? Uh, and you can, a lot of people will talk, we'll, we'll talk about this infinite banking idea. This is an idea that's built into these policies. Well, you can just take a loan out and, you know, no buy a deal car. and you don't get any taxes and yep. buy a car. Yeah, do whatever. Pay yourself Self-finance your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and this idea is like, well, then you don't pay taxes. It's just like a Roth. Yeah, there's there are some, again, there are some definite tax benefits that you can do it this way. But you you are you hit the nail on the head and you, you totally described it perfectly. There are these two buckets, right? I never in a million years ever want to invest my money in anything that I can't fully understand what the hell is going on. If I don't know what's going on, because again, I'm just, by nature, I'm just an OCD guy. I want to know all these details. That bucket, again, having done this for as long as I've done this, I can look at these buckets, the, the, the life insurance bucket and the cash savings bucket for people. I can look at their contracts. I can look at their insurance carriers. I can't tell you everything that's going on inside those buckets. Yeah, I know. And, and, and the different ways that they charge fees and the cost of insurance. And uh, like there's these, I've even seen some weird fees for like once you're over six, it, again, does it mean insurance is bad? No, these are these are really good tools. They're powerful tools. We use them for clients. But when you're thinking, oh, I'm putting all my investments, I'm doing this really cool thing to get this Roth savings. It's like, okay, yeah, you're getting some cool tax savings, but you're giving up 30 cents on the dollar to get those tax savings. So what's the net effect for you? That bucket that you just talked about is the key to all this thing. What the hell is going on inside that bucket? Yeah. Well, you, you made the comment earlier, and we can kind of maybe go into that and start talking about this, which is, there are investment accounts and there are insurance accounts. When you start to cross those over, right, try to make an insurance product an investment, right, it starts to become somewhat of an issue. And so uh, talk about that inf- infinite banking um, and why, you know, may or may not make sense. Yeah, so, um, in fact, I'll, I'll kind of use my own um, I'll use my own permanent insurance piece to kind of explain all this. Because in fact, it's funny, I, I'm in, a, in, a, in, a, in a very small way, I kind of use the infinite banking strategy, even though, even though you know, we'll, we'll talk about kind of the, the do's and don'ts of, of using, you know, overfunding life insurance. Um, so, so, again, I've got this about 20%, you know, I've got about two or 300,000, 400,000 of my life insurance coverage is in an IUL, it's part of an IUL. Just, it's a policy I've had since I was, seriously, since I was early 20s. So my cost of insurance is insanely cheap. And so, so because of that, and then two, I obviously manage the, the way the monies are invested in that thing and it does really well. The, the other thing too, they're, they're just a quick clarification, variable life insurance means that you're at the whim, you get more upswing in the market, but if the markets go down, you capture all that downswing too. Typically an index, index universal life, IUL, it's, it's, it, it matches an index and they usually have like a floor at 0%. You're gonna lose part of the upswing, but you're, you're also limiting the, the downswing. So I've had this money invested, it's grown, it's exceeded what, the, what amount I need in there. So, so you can actually run calculations with, at any time with your insurance carrier and say, hey, how much do I actually really need in this thing projected out so that I, how much cash do I actually need in there to support this? And so I watch that and, and, and over the years, I pull like my excess cash value out because I've done well with the investments, right? So I pull the excess cash out as a, as a partial surrender, partial withdrawal, uh, pay a little bit of tax on it, which I don't care. 
and then I go use that money elsewhere, right? Again, the, the, the idea with this is that um, my cost of insurance is so cheap, I don't mind doing this. And, and I know how much money I can take out of that without blowing up the actual insurance coverage. Um, so, so again, we're gonna get to this infinite banking and, and really dive into the problem with it. But that, that's really what it is, is you're, you're, if you're putting a ton of money into this and it is growing, you're using yourself as a bank. And, 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 and you're drawing monies out of that, the, the insurance account without paying any taxes because it's quote unquote a loan, right? And you're, you're paying yourself back, but it's like, again, the, the key problem with all of this overfunding and this cash value, be it infinite banking or whatever you're trying to do with your life insurance, it's the cost of the dollar in the account, right? And, and that's what I'm saying. So it's like, well, guess what? If I, if I have got my money sitting in a Robinhood account and it's growing and I go to pull that money out, yeah, I'm going to pay a little bit in taxes, but there's no other cost to that, right? So, so maybe I pay an extra 10 or 15% taxes. Well, guess what? In your, in your life insurance cash value bucket that you're infinite banking with, you might be paying 30 or 40% in, in costs of insurance. You know what I'm saying? So no, I don't. Actually. That's the way it, Explain that. Also, what, where are we off? Explain that. Again, cost of insurance. It's, it's that cost of insurance. That's what it's simply put. It's what is it costing me to be insured every year? Obviously, the way mine works really well is because I started it when I was 25. I was like the cheapest, like pennies, fractions of pennies on a dollar. Oh, you're just saying insurance. You're saying that if you start it later, the premium is X amount. You got to keep that premium going. That's yeah. what you're meaning with cost of the insurance. And, and and it goes up over time for everybody, no matter how healthy you are. So so somebody that's trying to do infinite banking that's 55 versus somebody trying to do infinite banking when you're 35, there's going to be a very big difference in there and what it costs you. And here's the other piece to this too. Um, a lot of times if you overfund life insurance, you can't, you can still pull a loan out against it, but you can't, just take your cash purely out of that account or you're, you're hit with surrender charges, big surrender charges. And the reason for that is typically because there's a big commission that goes along when somebody sells that policy, right? And that's, 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 that's the problem is it's like, again, it's like, so what does it truly cost you to go open up a Robinhood account? Zero, right? Put the money in there and let it grow. What does it cost you to do a life insurance policy? Well, it looks like zero, but there's these surrender charges. And then this, this, these, this bucket that you'll look over your statement every year and you're going to see a whole bunch of random fees in there. Crazy named fees that I can't even tell you all of them. Right. I got what you're saying. That's, that's where you're paying the pipers, right? Yeah. 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 It's the, it's the management Um, that the insurance company has to charge to basically manage, run the thing. Well, yeah, and it's like, I mean, it's it's the management, it's uh, the investing, it's the, again, just the pure cost of insurance is how much am I actually paying from every dollar to make sure that I have a life insurance piece that when I, death benefit, so when I die, I get paid. The death benefit piece gets more expensive every, remember, permanent life insurance, you have one fixed cost, you're set for life. You're going to pay 400 bucks a month for the rest of your life, no matter what you know what you're getting, but it's really expensive. It's going to be a lot more expensive than any, the, this universal world is in between start low and build up. 
So even if, even if you're the healthiest person ever, you can be 60, 70, 80 years old. And all of a sudden that premium amount, maybe when you were 40, maybe the premium was like $300 a year. But now when you're 80, even though you're still technically based off of a healthy person from when you started, your premium might be seven or 8,000 a year, 9,000 a year, 10,000. Again, it's variable. Nobody knows. And there's additional insurance costs that get added into that. And, and that's what you, you just can't, you can't make high, you can't tell Heidner what's going on. Yeah. You say there's a lot of strings attached to this insurance product to get the benefits of it. Right. Okay. That makes more sense. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, now. exactly. Now, um, here's an interesting thing. I'll just, as a random side note. So mine, why I keep more permanent insurance, why I have like, again, I'm talking about all the pitfalls of these universal life insurance policies. Um, they're not bad. They, they can actually be really good. And having some permanent insurance is pretty cool. Like, I love the fact that no matter what happens when I die, there's this chunk that's always going to be there. Now, again, my idea is that over time, I'm adding more to just my general net worth. So I don't really need the life. Like, the greatest thing a client can do is never need their life and never need life insurance once you get older because you've saved enough money, right? If you've, if you've done it right throughout your... Well, what I'm actually going to do with part of mine is I have part of it earmarked that it doesn't actually go to my family. Part of mine actually goes... Is that goes, because you don't love your family or... Mostly. Like some days I don't really like my kids and that's why. So Makes I don't sense. want to go to them. I want to yep. go to your family because I just like your family better. You, oh. boys. you actually have I, boys. I, I have no boys. So I, like I want that. that to happen. No, it's... Um, it, 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 so... One of the most important things to me was my education. Loved my education at BU. And so part, a few hundred thousand of that life insurance, I've already got it built in to go to endowment. And that endowment is, it, my wife and daughters are going are gonna to run that. And the whole point is that it will fund some scholarships up at the University of Utah, right? And that's because to me, that was so important. I want to pass that, it's a legacy, right? I want to pass that on to, to you know, some other students. And I would, again, the idea is that as I'm building up over the next few years, if, if I die today, most likely my family's not going to use that, that endowment, right? Because they'll probably need the money. But 20 years from now, I'm very hopeful they won't need that money. And so that's where the idea is that, okay, what better thing for them to do than just have $200,000? I'd rather them say, no, go do something really good with this money in my name because it was so important to me, Right. So, so there's some cool strategies that you can do with this. And by the way, that has some pretty cool tax benefits to it too, right? So, so there's some cool stuff you can do with permanent life insurance that, that has to do with your estate and your legacy. Um, but again, this idea of I'm going to take all of my money rather than putting it into an investment account, I'm going to put it into this life insurance because it has Roth type benefits or because I can do this infinite banking thing. The, the cost per dollar going in is some of the most expensive costs you can incur in the industry. Yeah. So, Well, that's a really good point because I think that what gets sold to people often are these, I, I call like patchwork strategies, right? They're taking something that is generally used for, say, in this case, insurance, and they're repurposing it for something else. And there's a lot of bells and whistles that are that are sold on that. And I just have known a lot of people who have been sold these types of products for all the wrong reasons. And I've also seen people 
completely lose their policies because of how they did this, you know, how they took their money out and what happened to that money. They lost their policy. So all the money that they put into it, stuffed into it for the premiums, just gone. There's nothing they could really do. And it's really important that as you put some sort of strategy together for insurance. So just look out for that. Don't get sold a product. Make sure you're getting a strategy with what you're getting. And, and, and remember, the, the idea here is like we don't, and this isn't just, this isn't a selfish plug for what we do, but you know, we, we, we're an ongoing relationship with people. And so, you know, had I sold these products, like, like, again, that recap, if I had sold these products for the last 10 years and that was all I did and overfunded it, I wouldn't have many ongoing clients. You know what I mean? And so again, there's good people out there that sell them the right way. And that's, that's good. There is, there is definitely a good use for this, but you know, if somebody's trying to say, Hey, yeah, overfund this thing and use it just for this bank. It's like, uh, you're just, it's expensive and, the real purpose of life insurance is, is not really being used the right way. So, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just kind of like you know whatever. If you're putting together a uh, a collage of pictures, right? You just don't want one picture. You want different pictures. Wow. Yeah, see, I don't know. I, so it's got to fit a collage in the... together. All of your just all Ryan, like a collage of just different Ryan pictures. Yeah, it's like you know that the, when they do a picture and, and you look close and it's just little teeny pictures, right? But oh, if you step right, back, yeah. it's one big. It's got to fit yeah. in there. It's got to fit into the yeah. thing. Got to make it. So, the, the, the big picture's got to look pretty from all the little tiny pictures. Yeah. 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 I like that. Like they did Do a Kobe you, Bryant the other day. Yeah. There you go. See? Yeah. 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 Make yeah, sure it fits in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you want to talk about annuities right now or you got something else on this these, um, this life insurance part? No, I, I, I think hopefully, we, you know, we've kind of helped people understand the different types of insurance. Again, remember term, permanent. UL universal so the universal life is kind of that middle range. Um, these are all things that you're doing through an insurance company, right? Uh, annuities annuities are another way to invest through an insurance company, but it's not for life insurance purposes. And, and we're going to talk about that in a in a week or two in another podcast. We're going to dive in deeper to the the value because annuities can be really really powerful in your plan again different pictures right this looks a lot like life insurance but again it's it's this is an annuity is more on the investment end of the spectrum not the life insurance end of the spectrum so we'll, we'll talk about those but no ho hopefully i think people have a better idea if anything the only thing you take away from this is why why are you funding your life insurance and what is the purpose of that and if you're overfunding why that's the yeah. question ask yourself why so yep yep and it, you know as we talk about annuities it's a whole different subject or at least not a whole different subject but it's a subject that we need to spend a lot more time and go into more depth with and and it is the one of those things where again as you look at your overall financial picture your collage where does it fit in and why does it fit in? Those are important questions to for you to ask. And if your person you're working with can't answer that effectively, outside of uh, you know how it connects, in other words, how it connects to retirement and family and all that, that's a good question to be able to go. Okay, well, why would I do this then? If it doesn't help support these other parts, so anything you want to say about annuities? Give it a little tidbit. Uh, okay, the teaser. Give a little teaser. The, the teaser. 
the yeah. thing I love the most about the annuity, it's all about cash. When it comes to building a retirement plan, cash is paramount. And this, the way you can build, I would say that, that you can build a cash flow with an annuity that is more efficient than owning real estate. Ooh, now, did you see my eyebrows I, right there? Did you see I my still eyebrows? Love, I still love real estate. I oh, love okay. real estate. Real estate is one of my most favorite things in the whole world. And I love it when a client has it in their portfolio. The annuity can be just as efficient, if not more, than that property. Watch my eyebrows. Wow. Exactly. See? I have big old bushy eyebrows. It's a good thing people are really listening and watching. Great don't teaser. check us out on YouTube. Don't check us out on YouTube. So. No, you don't want to see Ty's barn. You don't want to see my big old eyebrows. Well, okay. I think that's that good note. then. <laughs> I think we'll leave on Ty's eyebrows and annuities. And annuities. Next time, I think we're going to get into annuities. Cash. Yep, we're going to talk about that. We still haven't done the ETF thing. We got to work on that. That's the next step too. We're going to talk about ETFs as well and put our little... Uh, uh, Bracket. I, I don't... <laughs> It, it may become a reality TV show. You never know. <laughs> it might. The ETF challenge with Ty and uh -huh. I, the finance guys. Yep. You just do it for uh, a week. So. Yeah. But yeah. yeah so at, at, for everybody, tyandry.com. Go to that website. You'll see all of our uh, episodes on there and links to different platforms that you can subscribe. And that some you of you have been sending us questions. Or wanting to meet. So. If you got questions or you have comments, feel free to leave them. Even if they're not completely nice. If you don't like Ty's um, bushy eyebrows, my, it's fine. You can comment on them. Just my don't too my favorite, my favorite is on our Instagram page, Ty and Ryan on the Instagram page. Um, the random like uh, Middle Eastern and European random followers that we get where there's these yeah. like, women, they're like, Hey, smart guy, you and I talk. Like, even if you leave those kinds of comments, we're fine with that too. I mean, it's all good. Whatever. Ty, Ty, don't fall for it. Yeah. They don't want well, investing advice. I, 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 I don't, did, I don't I think. I did give them, I did give them our business banking account information, if you're okay with that. <laughs> I may, I may or may not have saved a Persian prince from prison. Well, that's good. You're doing your, doing your good deed for the day, so. Yeah. That's there you good go. to know. Yeah. All right. Hey, well, good. I'm in my barn. I'm doing good deeds. We're having fun. Yeah. Way to go, Ty. Be kind, be kind to everyone. Yeah. So everybody go ahead, follow us, send us comments. Ty, thanks for your time, man. Hopefully you get out of your barn soon and we can talk in your normal thanks, office bud. next week. Thanks, Ty. Yeah, we'll see real. you next week. See you, bud. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ty and Ryan, the Finance Guys podcast today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit subscribe. That way you won't miss any future episodes. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Ty and Rye Podcast. Also, check us out at myprosperteam.com. Thanks. We will see you next week.